0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Founder and the Force Multiplier podcast, where we explore how founders and leaders work together with their right-hand partners to turn ideas into action and build wildly successful businesses. Today, I'm speaking with David Nabinsky and Raul Desai from the Chief of Staff Network. Raul is the General Manager of the Chief of Staff and BizOps Networks. Previously, he worked in Chief of Staff and BizOps roles in the insurance tech industry and served as a product strategy consultant to household names, including Google and Uber. David is the Community Operations Manager for the Chief of Staff Network and BizOps Network, and the host of the 250-plus episode Portfolio Career Podcast. Previously, David worked directly with Chris Shembra, USA Today's Gratitude Guru at the 747 Club, and with Lisa Carmen Wong. I had an awesome time chatting with David and our role about the Chief of Staff role, the skills needed to succeed in this position, and what the future of the Chief of Staff role looks like. Don't forget to check out the show notes for their free Chief of Staff compensation report, as well as a 15% discount on an annual membership to the Chief of Staff Network. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I think you will, then be sure to let us know in all the usual places, such as leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this episode. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Founder and the Force Multiplier podcast. Welcome.
1: Really excited to be here. So excited so about to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, I love to just get right into things and get started. So um, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with the Chief of Staff Network, could you tell me a little bit or tell us a little bit about how that got started and then a little bit about your individual roles and the organization?
1: Yeah. David, do you want to kick us off?
2: Sure. Uh, um, Well, first, Hallie, thanks so much for having us. Uh, Such an honor. I'm a fan of podcasts, and I'm honored to be on this podcast. Uh, and so, uh, when I joined the Chief of Staff Network in August of 2021, uh, had it had already been an existing community. So I can't. Um, I'm hearing a uh, the, a little bit of this is is what I learned through the founder Scott Amenta. Um, but in 2016, uh, Scott published a blog post on Medium um, titled "Chief of Staff: A Critical Role Among High-Growth Startups." And a couple months before Scott had started to be a, um, he kind of promoted his role internally at Spring to become a chief of staff. So he was a brand new chief of staff uh, here in New York and published this blog post. And I think over you know 400 claps. I guess that's the kind of the equivalent of the like button. Um, but you know, as you can tell, just a lot of popularity um, and a lot of interest around this blog post. Um, and then just a handful of months later, he started the chief of staff network. Because um, people started responding to this newsletter, uh, to this blog post, saying like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. And um, thanks for articulating the role. And for Scott, again, I, I'm kind of speaking for him. So I, I hope I don't get it wrong. But basically was like, he was new to the role, um, didn't know anybody else internally. Um, and was kind of working with the CEO, but didn't really have a team. So he kind of published this blog post as a little bit of like a, you know, kind of a bat signal out there. Uh, to say who else is out there that does this kind of work. Um, and after that blog post, and a little bit later, as I mentioned, the Chief of Staff Network started um, in January 2017, officially. Um, and then people started gathering, um, first uh, in in person in, in New York. Um, and then slowly but surely, uh, the community has grown more and more um, to a, a global uh, community. And uh, I'm here in New York, and we're getting back to some of those uh, those in-person uh, event events. Uh, roots. And um, yeah, Rahul, anything you want to add on that part?
1: Yeah, uh, the growth has been amazing. Uh, I think a lot of it happened through the pandemic when people were especially hungry for that connection. You know, we couldn't leave our houses or go to work or anything like that. And I've been also impressed to see that now that we're sort of coming back to the normal way of doing things, our growth is still unabated. Like we're getting new members all the time. I think we're about to cross 700 probably in the next coming weeks. Um, Yeah, so overall, I I like to characterize the Chief of Staff Network is the home for Chiefs of Staff and people doing Chief of Staff type work on the internet. Because so frequently you are the only one at your company or in your group of companies. And uh, often you can't talk to people about what you're working on because it's confidential or it's HR related or whatever. And uh, I find that when people come to us, they have this home where, you know, no one's going to judge them. No one's going to think their question is stupid. No one's going to violate their trust. And uh, really, ultimately, that's what we're all about. The long and short of it is we're a peer support group for chiefs of staff.
0: Yeah, I I, I love that. And as a uh, member of the chief of staff network, I certainly enjoy um, it as a resource. It's been really valuable to me, um, to me as well.
2: Thank you. Um, how did you how did you stumble across us? Maybe we can uh, you know, uh turn turn the tables. You know, you gotta be careful with the podcaster over here yeah. asking questions hey, to I the podcaster. Or- <laughs> hey, I
0: love it. Um you know, I don't, I don't remember, but it may have, but honestly, it may have been that initial article. And then I may have just started following Scott or that's all I can think. That's that's what I can think of most um clearly as I'm sure I followed him on LinkedIn and then just kept an eye on what he was doing. That was around the time, probably 2014, 2015, 2016 was when I was starting to really explore the chief of staff role. And I was having a very hard time finding resources on it um, outside of the government. Um, so I started, I mean, I read a bunch of white papers in relation to the government's role uh, the chief of staff role, but there was very little either in the startup world or the entrepreneurship space or in the corporate world. So, I mean, I got. I was trying to get my hands on anything I could find. I'm sure one of um, his article was one of them. Um, and, and then the rest is history from there.
2: <laughs> love it,
0: love it, love it. Um, well, as a chief of staff, I always like to know from a chief of staff experts what is the most frequent question that you get about the chief of staff role?
1: Uh, the one that I get, which may be different from what David hears, is almost always, how do I become a chief of staff? And so we get tons of inbound from people who are aspiring into the role and they're not necessarily in it yet. And typically, especially these days, given what's going on with the broader economy, my advice is you want to demonstrate a lot of commercial rigor. So where did you drive revenue or decrease cost, either directly or indirectly? Because everyone has become so cost and profit conscious lately. Um, And then the second thing is, what's your evidence of systems thinking, right? What have you implemented to either scale your manager, whether that is a principal relationship like it is in the chief of staff role, or just your manager in a typical role? And, and, or how have you brought systems to scale your company if you don't have that kind of a relationship with your manager? And so that's typically the advice I give to people who are aspiring into the role, um and I, I imagine David has some advice for folks who are in the role already, given that he teaches some of our classes that cater to that.
2: Yeah, I'm happy to uh just you know kind of quickly answer the question. I think one of the the common questions that I get is around more around the relationship building um between the chief of staff and the principal. So how to improve communication, how to improve the relationship. Um I, I wish I had a magic formula for that, uh, but I would say it's just more around kind of over communicating, um, you know, evolving, adapting, trying different things, try to meet in person, um, you know, change up different ways to, um, you know, uh, show progress, uh, close the loop uh, on things. And I think that that's uh, some of the main conversations I have around that um, kind of catch the one-on-one conversations and then separate from the, the learning and development programs that Rahul was talking about, which we can dive into those later if you'd like but um yeah that's probably the first one of the main questions I get is around uh relationship building
0: okay yeah that's that's awesome oh what are you seeing in terms of like like patterns or trends from what positions people are coming from going into a chief of staff role Are, are you seeing any sort of commonalities there
1: yeah I can start here um We're starting to see uh, a couple of different archetypes. We've got your typical folks from professional services. They come out of consulting or banking. I think that's been a very common archetype since the community started. Uh, What we're seeing more and more of, which is frankly very exciting to me, is the transition of EAs who've become very strategic over the course of their career, finally earning that chief of staff title and getting that you know, commensurate bump in pay, respect, all of that. Um, We've brought on, I think, probably 10 members in the last month who are in that boat, uh, and that's really, really exciting to see. And then we've got people who are internal promotes, right? They were an ops manager or, you know, some sort of junior to mid-level person, but they've got a lot of horsepower, and their principal realizes, wait, I can use this person so much more effectively it's like, you know, they realize, oh, this person is actually going to magnify my capacity 1.5x, 2x. And uh, people often fall into it that way as well.
0: Yeah, that's super cool.
1: The
2: only thing that I would add is I would say um, a lot of times there's a story. And um, it might be a relationship. It might be, you know, something really unique about somebody that really brings uh, a certain type of background or skill set or or hunger for the role. And so for the person that's listening, um, here that is thinking about becoming a chief of staff, or, um, I would say like, yeah, just lean into your strengths, lean into your story, um, craft your message, reach out to people. And you might be surprised. Don't ever kind of disqualify yourself before you even get, you know, kind of started or even having those initial conversations. So, uh, yeah, lean into your strengths and reach out to people and and good things can happen.
0: Um, I really, of course, particularly like that you mentioned the executive assistant path to chief of staff. That was my personal path um, and one I speak to often. Um, and I also love the leveling framework that you have on your website. I refer to that often. I recommend that often. Um, and so I'm curious, where would you say like an EA maybe falls within that leveling framework? Did they come before that level one associate? Chief of Staff? And maybe just talk to me about how you, you know, how you think of those levels and where an executive assistant might
1: fit in. You want, David, to, take you this want to go roll? ahead? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll start. And then um, I frankly think there is not necessarily very much of a difference between an L1 Chief of Staff and an EA. If you look at the framework, it really is a lot about time management, um, Sort of the the small tasks that are not necessarily very strategic or driving the direction of the company, but it's stuff that like the metaphor we can use is plaque in your teeth. You know, it's something that just builds up over the course of time, and you want to get rid of it. And so often the L one chief of staff is the person for the CEO who deals with that plaque. Um, and so yeah, that could be an EA, and often we see uh, some EAs doing this kind of work. Um, what we typically see in our community, though, is that the members are like that level three or above, That's what mm-hmm. I would say.
0: Okay, yeah, that's good to know. Um, are you seeing any uh, trends in terms of, are, are chiefs of staff tending to stay in the role a certain number of years at this point? Are you seeing them be these lifelong chiefs of staff or they rotate, are they right, rotating out of the position? And where are they going with when they do rotate out?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm glad you asked. I was actually chatting about this with someone earlier today. Um, So very timely question. What we've seen and sort of the common knowledge received wisdom in this space is typically it's a tour of duty that lasts 18 to 36 months. Often, especially at high growth startups, it can be a role that induces a lot of burnout for people. And so that I think that speaks to why the tenure is fairly reduced. There are folks certainly who become lifers for their particular principal. They've got an amazing relationship. It's something special and unique, and they want to be with that person for a really long time. And I've seen examples of this. uh, But I would say that the more common case is probably that one and a half to three year tour of duty. And typically, we see probably three or four cases occurring. One is you graduate the role at your company and step into something more senior, whether that be you know, head of ops or head of people or something like that, whatever speaks to your strengths. We've seen people keep that chief of staff role at a separate company. Um, You know, maybe you want to change the size of your company or the industry, or the stage, but you really like that chief of staff work. Um, We've seen the example of people graduating the role and getting this more senior position at a different company. Um, And then we've seen people... Leave the chief of staff role, and they've learned so much about being a CEO or a founder or another form of executive that they go found something of their own. Um, David, do you think I hit all the cases, or is there anything else that I've missed?
2: I, I think you hit everything. I, I'd love to hear, Hallie, Is there um, anything else that you'd like to point out on that on that part, or trends that you're seeing? You know, we only see our kind of corner of the world, but would love to hear how you see things
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds right in line, in line with what I'm I'm hearing and, and seeing as well. Um, and, uh, and well, and, the, and you talked about the whole, li- the lifer, obviously I'm kind of a lifer. I've been working with that for 12 years um, and probably will continue to do so for a while. Um, so I actually, and it could be because I kind of work in that, that very entrepreneurial EA chief of staff space where it's very often that the founders first hire and they do end up working with them for a long time. I've got many of those four small suppliers who've been working with their their principals for 10 years, 12 years, uh, eight years, 15 years. So I see a lot of that, but I do think that's probably just because that kind of the niche I'm in. Um, But um, I I always think it's fascinating too when they move on um, to start their own companies. That is is always very exciting.
2: Yeah, we definitely see a lot of, uh, we we see a fair amount of lifers as well and people that really are trying to um you know lean on the community as well to you know continue to kind of advocate for the role and continue to um you know share the great work and and share how it can be you know more than the 18 to 36 months um and i think that what people really like is they really like during doing the certain type of work and they'd like to see that expand and obviously companies evolve and stuff and so sometimes there might not be the right you know fit internally as much but i think generally it's people really like this type of work and they'd like to do mm-hmm. it more and hopefully that can happen in their their current role but um what also happens is like um chiefs of staff kind of know what other chiefs of staff do and so there's a certain level of respect there's a certain level of camaraderie there's a certain level of like we've been in the trenches together and so i think that they also um, like to see other people find other similar types of roles. And so I think that's just really cool to watch as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even though I've been in a chief of staff role for who knows how many years, you know, seven, eight, and I, I don't I don't even know at this point. Um, and there, there's, I mean, there's just so much, I feel like there's still so much to learn. And there's, which the of staff role looks a little bit different working for a high growth startup versus working with a more um, you know, a company that's been around for a really long time, you know, they're working with the COO um, or even just working one-on-one with a principal like I do. Um, it's just always fascinating and there's so many new tools and, um, and frameworks. And I, I love hearing all the different frameworks that Chiefs of Staff. Uh, and often I them in the network, that's where I find all these very interesting like decision-making models and, and different thinking frameworks and business planning frameworks. And I think that that stuff is very, um, very helpful and very interesting.
2: I think that's really interesting. I talked about how um, the seven or eight years and how there's still so much to learn. Um, could you maybe speak to that a little bit more about how, uh, like, what are, you said uh, like, tools and frameworks and stuff, but well, yeah, I would love to hear more to maybe that that person that's out there that's like, um, you know, I'm worried that after 18 months, I might feel things are repetitive or not, but I think your story is really fascinating and interesting. And I think listeners would love to hear more about
1: it.
0: Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I do I work with a, a, a multi-passionate serial entrepreneur. So every year for ten years, we've started a new project and/or a new company. So there's always something new to learn, whether it's a new industry, whether it's a new um, uh, a new leadership team, and and then of course all the companies are at different stages. So one of our companies is you know almost twelve years old. That that organization requires much different level of structure um cadences of communication, it's a much larger team. Um, and being able to considering I've been completely self-taught in this role, it's very helpful for me to see what do other organizations of that size do to make sure that the leadership team is staying cohesive, that the communication is working really well, versus one of our other organizations where it might be a team of two. Well, I've done that for many, many years. So I can kind of handle that. Um, but as the company grows and evolves, like we need different structure, we need different systems in place. Um, to handle to handle the growth and really in, in my role, a lot of this is to handle the interpersonal dynamics and to, enter in, and to handle the communication flow in um, the decision making um, models and frameworks at a different level.
2: Love it, love it. Yeah, so interesting. Um, I think you really pointed out there, like that principle can lead to a lot of opportunities. Currently, you know, like you can grow with that principle, and I think the the partnership the mentorship, the collaboration that happens, I think is really, really unique uh, between a chief of staff and a a principal. And it's just like, you know, especially in in a world where everyone wants mentorship, um, you know, I think it's, you know, inherent to the role. And what also is really cool is how, you know, you're really a a living testament of where that relationship can go. And I think that's another thing that we, um, that chiefs of staff think about is like, all right, who's this principal that i'm working with and you know maybe we do the 18 months together but then maybe we start a company together or we incubate a company together or that person introduces me to another ceo who needs another chief of staff and so i think it's a really unique role uh, a rocket ship type of role an apprenticeship type of role that um you know doesn't always um, sometimes you can't connect the dots immediately of like where this like intense work will take uh, the, a person, but like, it's really cool to hear about how all these different businesses that you've, that you're starting. And we hear stories about that as well uh, from other community members that, um, you know, that their principal opened up doors for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, um, I'm not all chiefs of staff are like this, but I'm definitely an entrepreneur. Um, and so I, I think that that is, so, is why the chief of staff role is so great for me and for other entrepreneurs because I get to flex that entrepreneurial muscle constantly. But at the end of the day, I don't have to take the ultimate risk um, with the, you know, the ultimate decision risk or the ultimate financial risk, um, which is much more in alignment with my natural behavior. And, and there's probably a lot of chiefs of staff who um, are like that too. So I'm an entrepreneur and I'm very thankful that I get to work with somebody as visionary as as Adam is, so that I can, uh, so I can have all of the fun without some of the risk.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great combination.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So speaking a little bit about the role, are you seeing any other uh, trends? I mean, obviously, the chief of staff role is like this really popular role right now and has been, I don't know, for the past five, eight years, and it just seems to be increasing in popularity. Do you think that that's going to tap out at some point? Do you think we're going to see, um, you know, the the amount of chiefs of staff kind of shrink or reformat? Like, where do you see that going?
1: So uh, really good question. I think, you know, what we've seen in the last couple of months is these sweeping layoffs, especially in the tech industry. And certainly some of our members and people in our broader community have gotten swept up there. But on the flip side, we're still seeing very strong demand for chief of staff roles, really in all sectors, but especially in like series A to C SaaS companies. Uh, But I've also seen roles in health, finance, agriculture recently, um, all sorts of different places. And I really do think we're going to continue to see this role grow in prominence. Um, We've gotten people applying to join the community from Rwanda and Singapore and India and all these places where, you know, just like the role didn't exist in the U.S. a few years ago, these roles didn't exist in those places like last year. And so I really think that it will be here for the long haul. I'm not going to say forever because I don't think anything is immortal in our society, but uh, I don't think there's any reason to worry that this role is going to evaporate overnight.
2: Yeah, the other. um... Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was just gonna say I I agree. I'm I'm seeing that too. Um, we have a, a decent sized audience in you know Europe and Australia, and they're like chief of staff role doesn't really exist there, but it's kind of starting. I'm like, great, this is an awesome opportunity to get that, you know, get the name out of for the chief of staff role even more. So to, to your point, I don't think it's going away either. Um, and I don't think the generalist like this, the whole concept of like generalist roles, which I believe oftentimes chief of staff falls into. Um, I think those generalist roles are becoming more, whatever the title may be, are becoming more popular uh, too, because we need individuals in our organizations who are flexible, who are mentally agile, who can fill in the gaps, who can connect dots across the organization and maybe aren't so narrowly focused. Uh, anyway, I mean, that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah,
2: love that. love that. love that. Yeah. Uh, it's cool to hear that you've also talked to some of these people that are the early adopters or the trendsetters in these different parts of the world. I think it's so cool. Um, I try to communicate that to them when they're in Singapore they're in France or they're in Australia or Sydney, um, which those places there are, cheese of sap, but not as maybe as critical as there is in New York. But like, to me, I try to like, they, I can see it in them and I can feel it in them or they're like, something's happening here. Like just, and I'm like, I know I can hear it in you. And, um, I kind of like to give the analogy of like, so here in New York, we've, um, we last week we we hosted our second uh, chief of staff summit. It's kind of like a mini conference and unconference kind of thing. Uh, I'm biased, but it was a great time. I, I, I we can talk about that more. But
0: um, <laughs> I, it. I was in California.
2: <laughs> I know you almost came to the last one too. And but what um what I'm what I'm I'm drawing the analogy of that um why I think that event um, and the past two events have gone so well is that. You know, there has been this track record of chiefs of staff in New York, but there's also been the track record of chiefs of staff in New York getting together. So um, when I joined the chief of staff network in August 2021, um, I would say I've hosted six to seven, maybe eight kind of formal coffee chats, happy hours. Uh, mingles all these different and sometimes you know it'd be four people sometimes it'd be six people sometimes it'd be 10 and it slowly started to build up to this momentum and then we did this kind of like bigger event and then people kind of all kind of came out for that and so uh, to that chief of staff that's in um paris i'm just gonna say paris um who only knows a couple of chiefs of staff right now i bet that in a year from now it'll be it'll be different and uh, it'll be similar to the way that the kind of events were have been happening here in New York, um, where it started off as maybe a, a little bit of a trickle, and then you know the momentum starts to build. So I love talking to those people. I think what the how the chief of staff role is unique in those markets, but also has similarities kind of globally. I think is just so fascinating and um we can't wait to eventually share more and more of those kind of stories and the similarities and the differences and stuff like that um rahul is looking at me now is like sounds good man looks like you just uh, crafted up a job for you a task for you um i'm going to check my asana after this and there's going to be a new, something in my inbox but um and then the only other thing i was going to say um about the role um and the trends there i think like my non traditional um chief of staff like roles, two of which that I'm thinking about right now, um, they came from, from relationships and they also came from like me reaching out to people and sharing ideas and um trying to add value. And I think like that's a that's that's available to many people and you don't really need as much like permission for that. And I think like um you know I don't know the percentages on like how many chiefs of staff get hired based upon the percentage of the roles that are posted. But like the role, the last two chief of staff like roles that I had, there was no job posts. Mm-hmm. They just kind of came from me kind of making something happen. Not, I hate to sound cocky, but, um and, and so I think like, you know, every business owner, every founder like wants to grow the business. And so if you're listening to this and you're saying, I want to have a ch- chief of staff role, I think you can try to like find ways to like make it and it may start off as like a one week project or a weekend project Um, and that's okay but I think like you want to prove that you can how you work uh, the value that you can create and I think people love seeing that and so uh, don't don't kind of wait for a posting as much if to the degree that you can you see a company that you're really excited about maybe you know you have some inside information about like where the trends are in the industry, what their customers are saying. And if you want to like, you know, summarize that or come up with some new ideas on how the product may change, et cetera, and communicate that to the founder, I can imagine a founder will reply to that email more so than a, can I pick your brain? Uh, So uh,
0: (laughs) go for it. Personally hate the pick your brain, (laughs) you know, like, no, you can't. Um, I love what you mentioned there because I completely agree that so many of the cheapest tackles can be created. I created my own. I basically just proposed it and said, this is this is what I'm doing. And this is where I want to go in my career. Does this work for you? And the answer was yes. And I absolutely encourage people um, to do the same, whether it's in their own, own organization because they already had that relationship with their principal. So why not at least attempt to move into that role in your current company? And if that isn't an option, to your point, email a founder, email a company that you're really excited about and, and propose and propose the role and, and make sure that you're sharing the value and benefits that you can bring and impact that you will make along the way. Um, okay, I've got to ask you, what do you think are the three most important skills, top three skills of a highly effective Chief of Staff?
1: Uh, I can start here and I think I probably have different answers than David does.
0: Okay, good. That might be
1: fun. <laughs> Um, for me I think the first thing like I was mentioning previously is this idea of systems development like an okay chief of staff will listen to their executive and say oh you need this task done all right I'll go do it an excellent chief of staff looks at that request and says oh you need this task done I'll build you a system or implement a tool or do something that handles it forever Uh, right because ultimately that's Com- that's commercial rigor, right? The driving cost out of your business, making things faster, improving the efficacy of your teammates. Um, I think the second thing is being a culture champion. Often the thing about the CEO is that they're scary, even if they don't mean to be. Uh, in our society and a lot of other different cultures and societies, we're told to held leadership at sort of an arm's length and they stand apart. And the chief of staff is a nice way that you can have access to leadership without it seeming scary or aloof or apart. And so what I've seen from these great chiefs of staff is that they're really culture champions. They are trying to live those values every single day. They're making them accessible to the team. They're out there taking praise, complaints, whatever the company needs to get off their chest uh, as a collective group. And then the last thing um, is probably generating alignment, right? Often, especially as companies scale, there's so many projects happening all at once. It gets very difficult to track all of those. The CEO can't keep up with them all. various executives and even middle managers sometimes can't keep up. And the best chief of staffs I've ever seen have figured out, how do I understand what's going on? Like, what's the map? What's the lay of the land? And how do I disseminate the pieces that everyone needs such that they can keep moving forward in a timely fashion? And uh, frankly, that's a skill that when I was a chief of staff, I was quite bad at. Uh, So it's been really gratifying to see people who are exceptional at it uh, in the community.
0: Yeah, I love that. Did you add any, David, anything?
1: I think it's hard to pick three.
2: Um, And I also think, um, you know, it's hard to speak for, for people. I think to your point, a lot about, like I was thinking a lot about what does the word effective mean? And, um, and that can change by the day. Right. And, um, that can change by the week and especially with business, uh, cycles and, and conditions, um, evolving. And I think like, I I wish that I could give a skill to say, Hey, double down on this and whatnot. But I would say like, I think that they, um, you know, from where I sit, like, are being very effective. And so just kind of continue to do the stuff that you're doing. And I know that people are doing the best that they can. And it's a challenging time. And, you know, from every different, like, big macro policy and narrative that happens from a return to office, great resignation, like, just all the stuff that is, you know, um, that is happening. Um it seems like people are really adapting, so maybe it's adaptability is is as, as, as a skill, and you know, while trying to be that force multiplier uh, of whatever that whatever that means that day. So I don't know. People are just doing incredible work, and I know that Rahul and I just see like a, a teeny, 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 teeny fraction of stuff. So um, yeah, it's just really cool to see um, hear a little bit about what people are up to, and uh, we whenever we get together, it's just so interesting of like. I'm like, you did tell me about that. I didn't know that that was happening. I didn't know that you did that. Like, and they're like, yeah, of course. Like, so it's a real, like, you know, people are just doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. Do you have any, um, like, book or podcast that are your, like, that's your go-to recommendation for people interested in about the chief of staff role or developing their career in general?
1: Um, This is not necessarily chief of staff focused, but a pod I like a lot is called Invest Like the Best. And it's uh, sort of a general survey of business topics with people who are very prominent across all sorts of different industries. And uh, an episode that stands out to me was one on the topic of focus and how most people these days try and take on too much. We're juggling all these things at once. And uh, the speaker was a former executive at Instacart who's now moved on to be a venture capitalist. And he was basically saying like, actually you should only be doing one or maybe two things at a time if you do that you'll both have higher quality and go faster and so the podcast is you know they've got a lot of quality speakers and uh there's a lot of those little lessons you can take away so that that's one that i like
0: that's awesome i haven't heard of that one so it's going on the list thank you
1: cool um
2: well i'm a little biased i have a podcast it's called the portfolio career podcast um So a quick little plug there, uh, 250 plus episodes. Um, check that out. There's a couple with a couple of cheats of stuff as well. Um, but I think the, if I had to pick another, uh, show, um, I really like the show. Uh, it's called the long and the short of it. Um, it's by, uh, Pete Shepard and Jen Waldman. And, um, what I really like about that show is it's, they are picking quick topics and that topic might be empathy. That topic may be leadership, that may be return to office and maybe um, fatigue and yeah. maybe burnout. But just the way that they have this kind of casual conversation going deep on like a word sometimes um, makes me really think about like, and seeing their relationship and how it evolves and how they kind of mirror one and reflect each other and stuff like that it, it kind of reminds me a lot of kind of like the uh, the depths of relationship and partnership between a chief of staff and a principal um so i don't know and they're awesome people so it's just like fun to hear uh, cool people talk about um interesting and relevant ideas to uh the work uh world
0: very cool what are you both working on next or what is the chief of staff network working on next
1: rahul uh sure Yeah, so um, I think what's interesting about our relationship is that David and I focus on completely different things day to day. And often we can go a week without having a physical meeting to talk to each other. And my focus is really on admissions, member growth, sort of the commercial aspects of the business. And David is much more focused on events, programming, member experience. I'll let him speak to his piece uh, because there's a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipe. But on my side, we're really focused on how do we grow our membership in a way that keeps the community's energy alive and is authentic to the members that we already have. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited that last month was our biggest month of growth ever and people seem more active and excited uh, than they have in the past. And, you know, all of that ties into this flywheel of member experience and events and stuff like that. So I will let uh, David take over from here. Sure.
2: So I would say, you know, a lot of the stuff that we both focus on still connects to what I call kind of like the three C's of what the Chief of Staff Network really um, kind of provides for for members, which is cohorts, curriculum, and community, and how those are kind of manifested and, and um, you know, kind of evolves by the day. But I just want to re- reiterate of like how we really focus on these three C's, um, cohorts, curriculum, and community. and Um, you know, I'm biased again, but I'm really kind of still buzzed and buzzing from um, the energy of this chief of staff summit that we had in New York um, a week ago. And so, yeah, just really, you know, at the end of it, a lot of people are asking about what's next. And so looking forward to doing, you know, similar types of events in New York and hopefully other places as well. Um, We have, you know, ongoing, you know, fundamentals track, which is uh, a program that's really focused on helping new chiefs of staff get up to speed. Um, Hallie, you talked a lot about how you were self-taught and how you had to figure things out on your own. Uh, we've taken a lot of those kind of best practices and, and those uh, lessons learned from experienced chiefs of staff to really kind of distill that into a six-week program for new ch- chiefs of staff to get up to speed. Um, because a lot of times we hear that uh, chiefs of staff just started the role and have never done the role before. And the principal that they're working with has never had a chief of staff before. Um, So the fundamentals track is really focused on, um, you know, helping that uh, solve that problem with a group of other uh, dozens of other chiefs of staff. Um, And we're also in the middle of uh, a program called the chief of staff leadership accelerator, um, which is helping chiefs of staff um, around that six to 12 months mark that are looking to really level up even more or looking to help grow the business more and more, um, take on strategic projects, really be, be that force multiplier um, after kind of getting up to speed uh, through the fundamentals and in the role. Um, so really excited about that. And, you know, we, we got a couple other things uh, that we're working on. Um, Rahul is probably like, David, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. It's not ready yet. Don't, don't, don't roll it out. But um we got a lot of great stuff coming and we're really excited about uh, what's ahead. And um, yeah.
0: That's awesome, very, very, very cool stuff. I love the I love the three C's, <laughs> um, that's great. Cool, uh, well, thank you both so much for hanging with me today and sharing all about uh, all things Chief of Staff. Definitely one of my favorite topics.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having us, this was a blast.